your why will give you answers okay it will give you clarity because burnout is a lot about feeling lost and having a strong why will be your center your compass your road map and you will never feel lost this is the strongest way that you can be a creator or a creative entrepreneur sustainably you can do this in the long run for a long time for your whole life if you know exactly why you are doing it so that is totally key to even propelling you out of a burnout this is your host dyutama but you can call me dj <laughs> and i love to inspire food photographers to dream I spent 15 years as an architect studying buildings and constructing hospitals before taking the biggest leap of faith of my life which was setting up a food styling and food photography business right from scratch. If you're a dreamer like me wanting to start a new photography business or grow your existing food photography business, jump right into a world where I share practical actionable strategies to improve your photography skills to work with clients make more money all with a fearless mindset this is the my food lens podcast and we take you one step closer to your dreams so let's go I struggled with burnout very badly last year. I mean so much that I began to strain my personal relationships. I started to move away from socializing and was forever angry and irritated. I didn't want to shoot or record a podcast or do anything at all. I had headaches, I had nausea and I felt like a total loser. I just wanted to stay in bed. I just wanted to hide. I wanted to go away, you know. It can be that bad. Burnout can be that bad and I always say that burnout isn't only for corporates it hits creators equally hard I mean you might think that it is impossible for you to feel tired doing what you love but burnout is fatigue long term tiredness and almost everyone who is building a business or juggling a hobby with a full time job or balancing a family you know while pursuing a passion we all go through it at some point of our journey it hits us all maybe at different times maybe in different ways but contrary to what everyone thinks you know people will say oh take a short break go on a short vacation most of us think that that is the solution well burnout is chronic it's chronic tiredness and once that sets in the way to pull yourself out actually takes more work and rewiring your creative process it actually takes a series of steps and processes to come out of it in a way that it does not return so taking a short break or a vacation might be great temporarily but it is not the solution all right which is why i'm doing this episode today because i think it's so important because we have to know what is the way out i mean if you've been feeling tired and uneasy you know you need to watch out for hidden signs of stress and burnout because i call it the black smoke burnout creeps in like smoke you know you hardly notice it and then it spreads and it completely chokes you like that's how brutal it is i'll link the episode that i have on hidden signs of burnout if you would like to listen to that after this one to make sure that that smoke is nowhere around you i mean identifying 
stress, identifying burnout is so important and you really need to pay attention to those signs. So I'm going to link that episode in case you want to catch that one after this one. All right. So identifying stress and, you know, nipping it in the bud is actually the best way to go. But if you're past that bud, if you're past nipping it in the bud and you've gone a bit too far, just like I had, well, it's still totally possible that you pull yourself out of it. And I want to share with you six ways that you can do that. So even before I get into those six steps, the first step, step zero, is actually acknowledging that you're feeling burnt out. The first step to come out of burnout is understanding that you are in it, right? Ask yourself if you are just tired or are you fatigued? Like how long has it been going on for? Is your brain jammed? Are you losing inspiration? Is your mood irritable? And do you have the desire to do nothing? Just don't do anything. When you understand what you're feeling, you can address it better, right? And I'm going to share with you a few ways to begin bringing change to your thought process, to your workflow, you know, so that you feel less overwhelmed, you feel inspired, you feel motivated, driven, and have the confidence that you can continue to create sustainably, that you can pull yourself out of that black hole of that black smoke. Now, the steps that I'm going to talk about, maybe they all apply to you. Maybe a few resonate with you. Maybe it's a combination. You decide what you need. I literally did all of them. I'm still doing them. Some of them are new to me. Some are about rewiring, but you decide what you need. And let's say you're not feeling fatigued. You're not in burnout, which is amazing. It's great news. I'm, I'm glad you're not there. I still think the practices that I'm sharing are actually going to help you streamline your workflow and tweak your creative process so that burnout never finds you. It never reaches you. You can actually you don't even have the bud to nip. Like it doesn't exist. That stem, that flower, that bud doesn't exist for you. Now that would be fantastic. All right. So these are very powerful steps. And I think no matter where you are burnt out or a sizzling, either way, you should probably have a listen so that you can get better in your creative process. All right. So let's begin. Step one is to evaluate everything you do and to evaluate whether you need help in doing them. So list down everything that you're currently doing in your creative life or in your business, all right? So take a piece of paper and write down all the work that you're currently doing per week. So let's say you're creating two recipes, you're cooking two dishes, you are taking two photos, you are writing two blog posts, you are uploading on the website, you're posting on Instagram, you're posting it on TikTok, Pinterest, you're pitching one brand like full-time job or whatever you do apart from your personal duties. Now, keep that separate. But everything you do in a week, write it down how much and what you are doing. Next, you take a deep look at it and you see if you're actually doing the work of two or three people. I mean, is it too much? Is it too much considering your family commitments, maybe a full-time job or even a part-time job, you know? And even if you're a professional photographer, is it logical? For one person to manage so much, I mean, this was really a huge one for me, you know, when I put down everything I did in a week and, you know, everything that went into my commercial shoots, producing the podcast, writing blog posts, creating content for social media and emailing my subscriber list and still standing at the end of the day, it was a bit too much. And I realized that I was not being able to grow or move forward the way I wanted to because 
I was so busy firefighting and just accomplishing the day-to-day tasks or the tasks I had every week. There was no time to grow. There was no scope to grow. And it just frustrated me because I was just trying to make ends meet. And there, because there is only so much that one person can do, which meant it was time to bring help and set up a simple team. So you need to make a realistic decision. You need to take a real hard look at what you're doing, how much you're doing, and whether it is sustainable for you, whether you need to hire an assistant, an intern, a virtual assistant, a graphic designer, a copywriter, whatever it is, wherever you need help, you need to take a call, what kind of help you need, and that will allow you to actually move forward. And it will reduce your workload so that you are only doing one person's job and not straining yourself not feeling drained out by the sheer workload. So list down your tasks and judge, gauge if you need help. Next, do a reality check. This is the second step. So let's say you realize that you have way too much on your hands. You understand for real what is sustainable for you, all right? And then let's say you don't feel that you are financially in a place to get a virtual assistant or to get any kind of help or to set up a simple team. But that's fine. That's fine. We are all at different stages, right? Then you need to do a reality check with yourself. I mean, can you still continue to keep posting four times a week? Can you continue to create reels after reels after reels? Can you write one blog a day? Can you shoot for two clients while you're doing that? You really need to see what is sustainable for you. Clearly, what you're doing right now is not serving you long term. You are feeling the stress. You're feeling tired. And if you're not yet feeling it, but you're doing so much, at some point, you will feel it. So it will clearly suck out your energy if it's not already doing that. It will suck out your drive and your love for something that is so dear to you. So it is time that you decide whether you need to pull back or let go. This is very important because we hold everything so close to our hearts. Everything is our baby. We have the fear of losing followers and subscribers and, you know, but the point is that clearly what we are doing is not serving us or working for us. So think about it. Like instead of four posts, should you do two posts a week? Maybe you should simplify your reels. Maybe you should bring down the number of blogs you create, or maybe you should do Just one client shoot a week so that you're not physically exhausted. I mean, I don't know. What you need to do is decide for yourself if it actually makes sense to pull back or let go of something altogether. What if you're offering a service or a program that is sucking out so much energy that you're not being able to do justice to the others? Is it bringing in that much profit? Is it bringing money? Is it bringing joy? Or is it just sucking away your energy and time? So do a real check, like definitely you need a reality check to see where you stand, you know, doing two things really well, selling in them is better than juggling five things and not being able to thrive in any of them, right? So if you're not in a position to hire, see if you need to pull back, if you need to reduce so that you can maintain your sanity and your joy and your passion. And honestly, you'll actually be quite surprised how doing less brings up the quality of the work that you're doing and it gives you bigger results. Uh, But that's an episode for another time. (laughs) All right. So for now, moving on to step three, speaking of time, the third step is about managing your time. Oh God, this is probably the most important step 
because the one complaint that we all have is that there's never enough time. But think about it. Everyone has the same 24 hours. Then how are they getting more stuff done than us? They're probably managing their time better, right? So managing time is by far one of the biggest successes I have seen in helping me overcome overwhelm. And I've had to make big changes, but I'll tell you the simple changes that I've made. Actually, the big changes come from the simple changes that you make, right? So first of all, plan your day the day before, all right? Make sure you're planning. Then once you come up with your plan, just keep like three to four big tasks on your to-do list. Don't jam it. Don't put so much that you can't achieve it. So that by the end of the day, you can actually finish those three or four tasks and you feel accomplished, right? So mentally, you feel accomplished. Next, after you have your three or four big tasks, identify your most productive hours in a day. All right, for me, it's morning. So every morning for about two or three hours, I shut myself in my room or my office and I do my work undisturbed. I don't check phone. I don't check email. I don't answer calls. I just have my tea and I give my full focus to my work. And by lunchtime, I feel like I'm almost done. I'm almost through my entire to-do list. So just by knowing what to do, just by allocating a dedicated time to do it, I'm really in my most productive zone. And by staying focused, I'm just surprised at how much I can get done. Now, if you're a night bird, <laughs> unlike me, do this at night. Do it in the evening. Do whatever time works for you, but guard your time. Guard your most productive hours and harness them to get through the most important tasks of the day. You know, remove all those distractions for a few hours. You can always go back to your phone after you're done. I mean, for those three hours, don't check your phone. It's fine. Or check it and just quickly come back. Don't get lost in it, right? So even if your productive hour is just one hour, it has to be productive because you are buzzing and that is your most buzzing time, right? You are going to zoop and zoom and zip through that work because you are in your productive zone. So even if it is just one hour, it can be one dedicated hour. And imagine one dedicated hour a day. Well, boss, it can move mountains. It's so powerful. So planning your time, managing it, and then executing what you planned is so effective. It has changed my workflow completely. I do twice the amount of work in half the time, and I'm not exaggerating. It's definitely helped with my overwhelm, with this constant feeling that I'm behind, I'm behind. Now I'm like, yo, boss, rocket. I'm forward, I'm forward, I'm forward. So I'm not exaggerating how powerful this is. So managing your time is important because if you don't manage your time, if you don't control your time, someone else will. Something else will suck into your schedule. It will turn your time into something completely unproductive. It will creep into your day and it will leave you feeling as if you work so much and yet you didn't make progress. So take control of your time, manage it and harness your most productive hours by planning ahead and sticking to that plan. All right. So that was step number three. Let's talk about step number four. Step number four is all about priorities. While you're making your tasks, you're making your lists, you obviously need to work on the most important stuff. All right. Which is our step number four to prioritize. The only way to power through your tasks, you know, in that dedicated, productive time is knowing what needs your attention, right? How do you get the most out of that time? So 
I've learned from the amazing Marie Forleo, she's just brilliant, that you should not prioritize your tasks. You should actually work on your priorities. There's a difference, right? There's a difference. So let me say that again. Don't prioritize your tasks, but work on your priorities. That makes so much sense. Total game changer for me. So when I list down what I need to do in a day or a week, I actually front load my week with the tasks that are most important, like client work or podcast bookings. That way I tackle the most essential, you know, I first tackle what is most essential in my business or in my creative life. And then I move on to the other tasks. So align yourself with what is most important to you in what you do, and then make that a priority. And when you make it a priority, you will not struggle with it because you know what? You'll never have the question, oh, what should I work on today? Oh, what should I do today? I have an hour. Oh, let's see. Oh, boom. No, you're not going to do that. You know exactly what you need to do to move the needle and you'll jump right in because you know your productive hours, you know your buzzing, you know exactly what needs priority, you know exactly what are the three or four tasks you need to accomplish and you will spend your time at the right place. Remember, it's not about prioritizing your tasks, but it's about working on your priorities. So front load your priorities so that again, you have that sense of accomplishment and you're You're working on the right things that are going to move the needle. And can you even imagine what an impact they will have on you when you see things moving forward? That feeling of I'm not good enough, that doubt, that feeling of I'm behind. Oh, out of the window, boss. You are totally killing it. Well, I can't even tell you like this is so important. Small little changes make the biggest impact. All right, with that. I'm going to talk about something big now. Okay. So stay with me on this one because this is going to come from my heart. Okay. Step number five. So far, we have talked about everything that is very practical, actionable, you know, just get down to business kind of thing. We talked about time and managing time and priorities. And we've talked about planning and we've talked about hiring help or letting go or pulling back. Like those are very actionable, very straightforward kind of, I would say. But behind all this, behind all this, as a creator, there is a very deep rooted step that we need to take. This is the step that will take us through all the other steps. It's the foundation. And I realized this over the course of a a while, you know, and you you, you can sense in my voice what this is. All right. So when we sit down to actually define our priorities, what I talked about in step four, It also becomes important to ask ourselves some tough questions like, why? I mean, we're talking about step five. I honestly think this should be step one, aligning with your why. Why is that work a priority for you? Why are you doing it? You know, this is so overwhelming. It almost seems like it's too out there, a concept, like it's too philosophical. It's, you know, but as a creator, it was probably one of the toughest questions I answered for myself. and. I'd heard this from so many successful creators and I read so many books, including Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And I thought I really need to define my why. And I've been trying this for many years and I've had many versions of my why, but it always felt like it was incomplete. And I was looking for this complete answer from within myself. I just didn't want to make up something. You know, I really thought that defining my why, why I do what I do was so overrated. (laughs) 
that's what I thought in the beginning. You know, why do I even need to spell it out? I mean, I do photography because I love it, but that wasn't enough. And even when I was reading Simon Sinek's book, as I read it further and further, it just dawned on me that, yes, I'm feeling burnt out and I'm feeling tired because I have been doing all these things over and over again. I love what I do, but heart of hearts, why do I do it? Why do I do? Why do I post on social media? Why did I create a podcast? Why do I write long captions on Instagram? Why am I doing all this work that is driving me to burnout? Yes, I love photography. Yes, I love food. But is that the real reason why I'm putting in all this hard work and driving myself to the point of burnout and then trying to come out of it just so I can do all of those things again and again and even better? Gosh, it's a vicious cycle. No, I can't. That was not the answer. Our love for food and photography is only one part of why we do what we do. There is always another reason why we are working so hard in actually doing all that. And I was determined to find my reason because I felt like I never wanted burnout to come back. I wanted to find these deep-rooted answers which were going to drive me, to pull me out, to actually rocket launch me from that dungeon. And I knew that a big part of it was the mental, the mental side, the mind. And finding my why would definitely help me. I had a feeling about it. So I remember I was reading Simon Sinek's book in Bali. You know, I went there in November last year. And, and through the book, I was just constantly questioning myself because I didn't have answers. I didn't have answers. I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And I remember there was this point in the book where I was reading the book and suddenly I was sitting alone in a cafe. My husband wasn't there. The daughter wasn't there. I was sipping on coffee, Bali coffee. And I was reading the book and oh, I had a thought and I was like, gosh, I need to write it down. I need to write it down. And I wrote that I do what I do because I want to help creators turn their passion into a profession because everyone deserves a chance at turning their dreams into a reality. I had switched careers and I had made that happen. And I wanted to share with all the creators that they can do it too if they want to. I share the podcast so that it helps food photographers and stylists and bloggers to move closer to what they want to achieve. And that is my why. That is why I do everything I do. It's almost like I want to tell everyone that if I can do it, so can you. I, I want to leave everyone with inspiration and courage and knowledge that they can actually achieve their dreams, that I moved into a completely unknown territory and I did it. And I want to share everything about it with those who aspire to do the same, those who dream, those who want to be in that world, you know, those who want to move from corporate to creative world. I feel like that's my why. That's what drives me. That's why I created this. And oh my goodness, what a moment that was. Like I was just looking around at people and they were like, this woman is mad. There was like a little bit of tear in my eyes. And there was this sense of, you know, I was swelling. I was swelling with pride and happiness. It's as if you discover yourself. It was a very emotional moment. And don't you laugh at it right now? Because when you find your why and it connects to you at the level of your soul, uh, it's another feeling. And when you get that feeling, you, you just understand how to keep yourself going. And coming out of burnout or staying away from burnout is a lot about how to keep yourself going. You have to constantly align with your foundation, your soul, right? Everything you do has to stem out of it, right? So take a moment and ask yourself why you do what you do. And once you get past 
the answers like, oh, I do what I do because I love photography, because I love the community on social media, because, you know, da, 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 whatever it is. Once you get past it, you just dig in deeper, dig into who you really are and what's really that driving force for you, you know. It will become your compass. Your why will become your compass. Every time you question whether you should be taking up a project, doing something new, looking for inspiration, your why will guide you. Basically, it's the energy that it will create in you. It's either positive or negative energy. If something excites you, there'll be this positivity, you know, the positive energy to say yes, because it will align with your why. And you know that you would invest or spend your time in doing that work because it positively emotionally aligns with your why. And you know that you'll, it'll become a priority. You'll spend your time in the right place. You will not be overburdening yourself with something that doesn't bring you joy, that in the end, you will not have to let go of it or pull back. But if there is something that does not align, it will leave a kind of a negative response. You'll feel kind of burdened, you know, when it comes towards you. When that work comes, you'll be like, oh, should I take it? Should I not? And suddenly you'll go back to your why. Really? Does it align? Ah, oh, no, I don't think so, boss. You think this will take the place of my priority? I don't think so. Is it going to bring me joy? No. Is it something I would let go of later? Probably. So you know immediately that that's not worth your time. That's not worth your energy. That's not worth your creativity. Right. So your why will give you answers. Okay. It will give you clarity because burnout is a lot about feeling lost. And having a strong why will be your center, your compass, your roadmap, and you will never feel lost. I really hope that you feel as strongly about this as I do because this is the strongest way that you can be a creator or a creative entrepreneur sustainably. You can do this in the long run for a long time, for your whole life, if you know exactly why you are doing it. So that is totally key to even propelling you out of a burnout. All right. So that was step number five. And step number six is somewhat connected to that. You know, it's about bringing your mojo back. It's about getting your mojo back. And how? By creating space. So step number six is create space. What I mean by that is to find a way to set yourself up to take action on these steps that we have talked about today. And oftentimes it's really impossible for us to you know, think openly and to think without any kind of constraints when we are in the same environment that is filled up with that black smoke. It just clogs our minds. So find a way to create a physical space for yourself and also a mental space for yourself you know, in your mind to absorb and to embrace this new way of thinking, this new style of working, if they are new to you, like they were to me, you know. So if you work from home, find a cafe or a co-working space where you find new energy to think freely. For me, I took a trip to Bali and I moved away from this, you know, smoke-filled room. I took a trip to Bali last year and I spent nine days only allowing myself to find that mental space. Because I knew that a new environment was very important for me to embrace, to understand, to find my why, and to really find, you know, soul, in my soul, why I was doing so that I could inspire myself, find inspiration and motivation to continue to do it so that I didn't quit and it did not derail me from the real purpose of me being a food photographer. So that was how I was finding mental space in Bali. And what else did I do for my physical space? I actually cleaned up my room. 
I have a small room, which is my office, and I filled it up with beautiful smells. So I filled it up with essential oils that I use. You know, I just, I cleaned it up. <laughs> that was also a big part of it because after cleaning up, it looked like a new room, you know, all the junk, all the messes out of it. And I created an inspiring space for myself, something I look forward to being in every single morning. It made me get out of bed and I loved being in those smells, in the cleanliness, something that felt like, yeah, that's me. Let's, it, it's serious. Let's get this going, you know. So find that physical space for yourself because a new environment often helps. Take yourself there. Ask yourself those questions. Understand who you really are and why you do what you do. Use that space to find answers, but also indulge in activities that inspire you. You know, so I used to read Simon Sinek's book in cafes in Bali because it inspired me and it refreshed me and it was thought provoking. And I thought that that's what I needed. So do what inspires you and creates this new energy, you know, create that space to bring that new energy because you really want to unclog yourself from that smoke and fill it up with something that is positive and absolutely filled with joy. So even for just a few hours a day or a few days a week, get away from any environment that stresses you out, that brings bad memories of burnout, that distracts you. Instead, find something that lets you breathe, you know, that allows you to think, that makes you happy. A new space or the old space in a new refurbished way like mine, you know, it will calm you. It will remove that pressure of performance. It will open your mind and it will let ideas flow to you. It will actually help you in finding answers and getting your mojo back. And that's exactly what you need. You not only need to put in good practices of workflow and time management to get out of burnout, you also need to mentally align with yourself, physically align with your body and get into a good physical and mental shape to be able to execute those steps. All right. So there you go. Six solid actionable practices that you can immediately start tapping into. Let me very quickly recap them. Step one, evaluate everything you do and whether you need help. Step two, do a reality check whether you need to pull back or let go to be sustainable. Step three, plan and manage your time. Step four, list your priorities. Step five, align with your why. And step six, lastly, create physical and mental space so that you can create with joy, with profit, and without that horrid black smoke of burnout. Use all of these practices or just choose what fits you, you know. Even if you're not in the phase of burnout, adopting these practices, finding your why can help you stay focused and refreshed without letting fatigue set in ever, ever. And that's amazing, right? My experience with burnout was least expected. I thought my passion would get me out of it and I was so wrong. This past year has been such a struggle of you know, constantly being fatigued and creatively drained that it's been a huge learning for me. And I never want to go back into that time. And it's literally taken me more than half a year, more than six months to come out of it. I feel like I'm still working on it. But I can see how these practices have changed everything, everything for me. I'm more efficient. Also, I'm more positive and I'm definitely inspired to go on and not quit. I can say that I'm not the same creator I used to be. I'm really saying that with my heart. I think differently. I work differently. I'm more effective, more productive, more happy. And that's the most important. 
I'm sure that's where you'd love to be as well if you're not already there, right? So those were the six steps that can help you get out of burnout just like they've helped me. If you have any questions about them, please send me an email on hello at my food lens. If you have any experiences, do also send me an email or you can obviously always DM me on Instagram at dhyutuma underscore my food lens. Until then, keep burnout away, stay positive, find your why, align with your foundation and keep creating with joy, right? I'll see you next week with another episode. Until then, bye-bye.